Hello all, welcome back to Struggling with the Bums. We have a great episode for you this week. Unfortunately, it's coming later than we'd like because Bryce got sick. Um, I was He was also finishing his final semester of college, so why don't we clap it up one time for Bryce. Good job, bro, finishing his master's. Um, I was also kind of busy getting stuff done, and Daniel, who's joining us today, was just getting back and situated from being in Japan. Uh, which he will talk about quite a bit in this episode because we'll be talking about getting outside your comfort zone. And uh, something that he definitely mentioned before this episode was going to Japan this time. He was kind of on his own, um, and which was definitely an experience for him that he'll be getting into here soon. So with that being said, please do follow us on whatever platform it is that you listen to us on, whether it's Spotify, Apple, Google. Hit the, hit the follow button. Leave us a review. Um, you can even hit the bell to make sure that you'll get notifications whenever we post an episode. Um, and then follow us on Instagram at the bums, T-H-E-B-U-N-T-O-R-M-S. And that will be our main source of information for our podcast. Uh, as I continue to update our website, which is strugglingbums.com, I should have a blog post up soon. This episode has been recorded on Tuesday, December 12th. I don't know when this will be posted, but I'm writing something up on Godzilla Minus Zero because that was such a fantastic film um, that I had to write something up about that. So that might be out tomorrow. All right. So we're going to talk about getting outside our comfort zone. And this is one that was like pretty personal for me. Uh, and I know for a lot of us, because like everyone enjoys being in a comfortable place. But like when you do things that are outside your comfort zone, like go cross country and move or go to a new school midway through your high school experience or transfer from a college to another college for football or, you know, whatever it is you want to say, like, those are like, that's how you grow and become better humans. Um, and even though it's hard, it's worth it. So what you guys take on stepping outside your comfort zones? I'll, I'll, get, I'll take this one. I think it's something that's necessary. I mean, I think we've all met people that it seems like they've never left their comfort zone. And you always kind of identify that there's just such lack of growth. And and for me, I, I don't want to use the word respect, but it, it's hard. To, it's it's just like, man, there's just no admiration, admiration, and that it feels like they've done nothing. You know, they've never gone and lived in another state, let alone another town, typically. You know, they've never gone through this immense hardship that, you know, typically when you step out of your comfort zone, you know, you're going into. They've never done anything worth doing. It's that's what kind of sticks out to me and that's why i think uh as i've talked about many times with the bums maybe that's what we all saw in each other at a fundamental level because as we talk about in our friend group and friday football those early days you know almost everybody was out of state so there was that at least respect of oh you're coming from oregon from across the country i'm coming from or coming to oregon from across the country so yeah that's where i would start at least daniel so i'll definitely at least for the U.S., um, especially for the U.S., I think it's definitely worth moving out, out of your state that you're born in. Um, I think there's just like a lot of different perspectives you can gain by doing that. I know for me, at the time, um, when we moved from, or I guess my family moved from North Carolina um, all the way out here to Oregon, I wasn't exactly thrilled about it initially because um, I didn't want to leave North Carolina, and I still don't and I want to go back but at the same time um I definitely think it was for the better at least gaining a lot of the experiences and different things that I learned by moving across country um you, it definitely opens your eyes to a lot of different things and you can definitely get more into like people's shoes and have that understanding um from other people's perspectives because especially um, I guess the like the biggest thing that I, I learned too is that there's a huge difference between the West Coast and the East Coast, whether we like to admit it or not. Um, people here, I feel like, especially when I guess other people outside of the U.S. talk about the U.S., I feel like they lump us all into like kind of the same, but like there's still those generalizations. But I think if you live in the U.S., I mean, when we're pretty much 50 different state or 50 di honestly like 50 different countries all in one and like the differences might not always be um blatant or really out there but i think um if you spend like any extended time from state to state you you really get a sense that um 
on the surface, it might not seem all that different, um, but it really is. And I don't know, just thinking about all the differences between like the East and West Coast is really big. And um, I, I definitely have some friends in North Carolina that don't have that perspective because, again, they've stayed there all their life. And I think it definitely would have been worth um, moving state to state or something like that, or at least getting some of that other perspective. I mean, vice versa with people in Oregon that I know, too. I think it'd be very beneficial um, for some of them to experience some of the other states too. So, Absolutely, man. Something I wanted to even get into too is like this concept of discomfort. Cause like for me, um, discomfort is one of those things that like, if as a kid growing up, if I was like uncomfortable, I'd be like so nervous about whatever it is. Like it could be even like the most, the smallest thing. I mean, even just moving from like Southern California, like to, to your point, Daniel, like East and West coast is already an insane change, but even like Southern California versus Northern California is already a big change as well. Um, and I think that was like something that trying to figure out like discomfort and like maneuver through it is something that took me like until literally the last year or so to like be like, Oh yeah. Like it's okay to be uncomfortable. It's okay to experience discomfort, right? It's going to help me be better, um, do better. Or even just like, if I'm going to go do something, like sometimes when you guys wanted to go out, you know, I'd be like, oh yeah, like come over to the bunker and then y'all would leave to the bars and I just stay. So I'm like, eh, I'm not feeling it. And sometimes it wasn't just, I wasn't feeling it. Sometimes it was like, hey, I'm not super comfortable and I don't want to go. Um, So kind of curious you guys' thoughts on discomfort. Do you guys well. feel like throughout your like, when you were like youthful, you were forced to like your adult parent figure, whatever, force you into discomfort so that you would get comfortable with it to a certain extent. Oh, or do 100%. you feel like, cause I, cause I've seen both sides or do you feel like your parents were like, Oh, it's, it's okay. Like, cause I've seen both and I kind of have mixed, I've mixed thoughts, but I, I don't want to put my opinions out there just yet. Daniel. I mean, Starting off with my dad, definitely put me out there in a lot of situations. If you want to even take an example of learning how to swim <laughs> as one, um, literally I was messing around the sh shallow um, area, learning how to swim on my own, taking the, you know, baby steps into it. He's like, nah. He So he picks me up, takes me out of the shower, just dumps me into the deep end. <laughs> and it's like, I mean, there you either learn to swim or you <laughs> you see, I mean, no, now I know he wouldn't have let me drown, but. Like as when you just <laughs> when you don't know that, um, it it can be pretty shocking. And I mean, I'm not saying like you really need to do that for every circumstance, obviously. Um, but I definitely it's definitely something that's hard to put yourself into. Um, definitely for me, even as being pretty introverted. Um, and growing up, I, I mean, the other thing that I too I feel like about North Carolina is like one thing that feel like at least in the areas that I grew up in everything they really kind of force you in certain things to like get out of your comfort zone um I mean in some ways I guess now you could call it gaslighting yourself into it so I mean maybe it's not all, <laughs> all great um but at the same time like they there are some things that they really really try and push you to get out um and do and kind of man up and I guess in their, their sense man up and do it um and certain things like that um so I, I mean i don't know i don't think it's a necessarily like a bad thing to where thing i lost my train of thought <laughs> um, i think you're well said too and i like how you uh mentioned the the man up and do it thing because that's something yeah. that like I don't know if it's like a southern regional thing, which I mean, I guess I would classify North Carolina and um, yeah. Oklahoma in that aspect. But definitely, that was a huge part of me stepping yeah. out of upper zone a lot. It was a frankly, don't be a bitch, don't be a pussy, yeah. or more, more mostly use man the fuck up or else. Yeah, it was just like a lot of. A lot of things like that. Oh, like, oh, I don't want to ask the lib librarian, oh, if they have a book. Yeah, I'm like, stop being a bit. <laughs> like, yeah, go, yeah. go ask the librarian. It's not that difficult. And yeah. yeah, so it's just like examples like that that I feel like. Um, 
that negative reinforcement though, I think looking back is like that was like a huge part of yeah. it. I don't yeah. I can't say whether or not it's like a good thing or not because I feel like it doesn't really happen, at least in my experience, as much in Oregon compared to there. So yeah, that's why I, I wanted to like if it's a bad thing or not, but I definitely will say it definitely really did force me to get out of my comfort zone in a lot of things. Um yeah. because I mean more often than not a lot of people were doing that there yeah. and it's kind of normal what was your uh take on that eddie you know being in california and stuff like was that pretty prevalent for you like man up or something like that yeah like man up and like don't be a bit yeah i feel like that's something about football specifically in like sports like i think as an athlete you know whether you play football or soccer you know even in there there's multiple positions to play and i think you know, me, I was like, I always wanted to play the exact same position, the one I was best at. But something that happened to me throughout my entire soccer career, they were like, no, you're going to play this and at least learn how to be competent at this position. So I feel like, you know, at first I was pretty adverse to it, but then it got to the point where it was like, man up and learn how to play this position or like, don't be a part of the team type thing. So like that kind of um, enforcement per se. But I'm curious, like, did you face a lot of like, per se negative reinforcement in terms of going in, going in or out into your comfort zone? Um, you know, I think it's funny because like my parents both played both roles in pushing me and not pushing me at the same time. Um, I think there was like a lot where I was younger than my mom from her own knowledge. Like she did a lot. I've mentioned it probably before. Like she went to get her bachelor's and then I think a master's she didn't get her like teaching credentials and stuff like that in like child psychology and like i think one of the big things for her was really pushing me out of my comfort zone as much as possible as a little kid um and i think it you can argue it may not have gone the right way when we moved up to the bay area because i think that was like a really big detrimental part um and something that i have assumed may have been a catalyst for a lot of my anxiety going forward but at the same time, like, I'm so great, like, similar to Daniel, like, even though I didn't like it, I'm incredibly grateful that we moved to the area. Like, whatever the challenges that it brought with it, all the BS, the anxiety, like, it also brought me, like, to go to Dale Sal. Um, it gave me a community in St. Raymond's. Um, living in the Bay Area in this East Bay place that I'm in at has been such a great place. Um, and having so much family around and stuff like that. So I think um it's been good and i think it is a good thing i don't think maybe the way it's expressed is always the best way to express it you know i don't think it's the best way to just say man up it might be better just to say hey like if you don't grow if you don't get uncomfortable and experience discomfort you won't grow because i mean even if like so right now we guys were talking i was looking at like the notes right and so from psychology today they talk about how like the weightlifter must lift enough weight in order to cause muscle tissue to become damaged so that the heel will become stronger like even something as minuscule or like something that you may not think is as related as that, as many of our friends know who like go to the gym all the time. Um, and many of them have been on this podcast already. Like you don't get stronger by lifting the same weight over and over and over again. So I think it is a good thing. I think maybe just the way it's expressed hmm. needs yeah. to change. Well, yeah. I think I agree. With yeah. that. I mean, I think you mentioned, you know, us going out in the bunker, Daniel, I mean, without <laughs> saying you, you're going to know who I'm talking about. There are many times that there was one individual, it's like if they found out you weren't going out, they were going to be on your ass until you either gave in or went home. Like that was the only, you know, and they would use only negative reinforcement. I can't think of too many times where there were positive things about, oh, you want you want to go home and not, you know, partake in the festivals with us? Yeah, do that, buddy. Good for you. No, no. Get, get over here. Bleep, bleep. Your bleeping is going to go bleeping right. out, or I'm going to bleep the out of you. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, exactly. And it was like, we joke about it, but I think, I think, I don't know about the three of us, but there's definitely times where if you're not in the mood for it, you could definitely take it very much so the wrong way. Um, that type of encouragement. And, and I think, too, like looking at our friend group, like we're all mentally tough enough to like know that that's joking, but someone that wasn't, yeah, they may not have taken that well at all. That type of talking to, and you know, I I think I equated to you know even in, you know Eddie being from California, like you know you played football around that environment to a certain extent. Even at De La Salle, you know, I don't I don't know how much cussing was prevalent, but 
we've all in our own experiences through sports or other being with a football team in Oregon, you know, that kind of talking to is become semi-normalized. You know, for me, basic training is like, that was just how you woke up in the morning. That's how you're talking. I heard, you know, football in the South, it's just like that, dude. It is, it's just normal. So I don't know. I, I wonder if that like definitely has a part to do with it. I wish we had someone in our friend group that wasn't like a diehard sports person growing up that we had maybe brought on to ask if that was like an issue for them. Cause I, sure. I know we all talk to each other a lot like that. Yeah. I t- there's probably some people we could probably bring on though. Uh, something I do want to come back to though is something that Daniel mentioned about the whole, like getting tossed in the deep end and like sink or swim. Something yeah. that's interesting is like, this concept of attachment styles, um, which is something you got to learn in psychology about how like how babies develop relationships with their parents and or guardian or, you know, guardian figures. And like the one that you always want to go for is the secure style, which is often described and seen in laboratory or their experiments as like a baby will want to explore their environment. And then they'll be like, hey, like they'll turn back and be like, oh. I know my parent or guardian is right there. I'm going to keep exploring, right? And then go, oh, they're still there, whatever is the case, right? And then part of the experiment is then the parental figure will leave. They'll see how the baby reacts to the situation. And often, I believe the secure baby will still continue to explore the environment. So I think it's really interesting because like even just growing up, to Daniel's point, like in throwing the pool, like that's how a lot of babies are like, or a lot of little kids learn how to swim. Um, it's how my parents were not to <laughs> get tossed in the deep end and like, uh, figure it out. Um, but to his point, like we may not know that our parents would be there for us, but we still have those people that would save us. So I feel like maybe it's explained like, Hey, I won't let you drown, but you're going to have to go in there. Um, is like a way to like securely bring those people out of their comfort zone and be like, Hey, like, this is how we're going to do things. Um, which is why I kept saying like the way it's expressed isn't the best, but like, it's kind of the right idea. Like there definitely is discomfort that you need to experience to grow. I think there can be too much discomfort though. I mean, it can be bad sometimes and just cause you to collapse. So yeah, that I, exists too. yeah, mm-hmm. I think, uh, you can, you can leave your kid in the deep end for too long, unfortunately. <laughs> um, and they don't figure it out. I wonder, uh, I feel like I've been caught in that situation once. Not going to talk about it, but uh, definitely uh, been in a place where it, it, it got more than dicey. But uh, yeah, I remember one time I was at Walmart and my mom kind of did this. She sent me to like, I think like the toy section. She said she would like meet up with me and then like I couldn't find her. Yeah, I was kind of freaking out at that point. I was like, oh God, like what now? But uh, yeah, it just made me think of that when you said it. Yeah, I, you know, one time I got in trouble because I purposely told my mom I was going to go into the pool and I didn't say which end and I jumped into the deep end myself. I've always (laughs) been a great natural swimmer, but she like freaked out. I remember her diving in like head first because she thought I was drowning, even though I was fine. Uh, I was even going to break up, bro. Like, uh, now that we've covered a decent amount of the early stuff, I was going to bring up the military implications because I think. Something that's cool. like, like even just like, like, let's just let's just take it down a notch before we get there. Let's just talk about sports. We're all very knowledgeable. We played high school sports. Uh, we participated at the college level. Um, some of us more an athletic standpoint than the rest of us, but you know. Um, but like, I think one of the biggest things about sports and something that's so great about it, and it's something I hate when I see youth sports and youth coaches do it the wrong way, is that it can get you out of your comfort zone and it can also force you to have to handle situations again and again and again. And eventually be able to, and I had this, the page is reloading, unfortunately, right now, but it was talking about going from your comfort zone to like the fear zone to the learning zone to growth. Um, and it's kind of that concept too, or even like the Yerkes something uh, diagram, which again was on here where basically it was like, if you, you're trying to search for the optimal level of arousal or the optimal level of stimulus in order to perform. Um, if you have too much, you know, you might panic, you might fall apart. If you have too little, you're never going to get there. And I think sports does a great job of doing that for people, but obviously the military does it to an extreme and to the point where there's a reason the United States has one of the best militaries in the world. Um, and I'm, I'm sure it's in large part because of that, those practices. So Bryce, right. you want to talk about that? I was going to talk about sports. Like, I think like the perfect we'll thing, start there, yeah. about, like, like fear and then performance, like 
uh my when i was in like eighth grade something like that uh, fuzzy uh i got uh, i got an opportunity to go play for odp which is the olympic development program it's just one of those more elite like go to try to make an elite team club team but yeah i went to the tryouts it was like 300 kids yeah it was one of my worst like two-day performances of soccer ever i think like i just felt like really overwhelmed and i was like questioning if i should be here with these caliber players like it was literally like the best kids in the state and like it was like you made one mistake and it was like, yeah, that's probably a goal scored on you type thing. So it was just a lot. But I ended up making like the B team. And then once I started practicing with them, I went into like what I would call, yeah, this like learning mode where it was like every day I was just, I was learning more than I had learned in like the past like four years ever playing soccer. And then it got to the point where I was like thriving in it. So I thought that was kind of interesting to talk about that. Yeah. The military, I mean, the deep end, like, I can only speak to my own experiences. Uh, yeah, it's like day one, you get off the bus, and, uh, yeah, they're, like, screaming at you and throwing fake hand grenades and, and shooting fake bullets, and it's just so chaotic. And it's like, I'm, there's some people that, like, handle that really well. I did not. The first day, I was like, I didn't know my left hand from my right hand because I was just so discombobulated is the best way to put it on what was going on. And I would say, too, like, the sensory overload was just, I don't even know how to put it. Like, it was just on a whole nother. There were so many sounds, noises, smells. Eight different people are telling you different things, and you're supposed to, and, you know, and that's just, like, day one. But is there anything specific you're, like, wanting to talk about? I just mean, like, obviously the military is able, like, okay, I guess in my head the way I was thinking about it was, like, for me, with the way that I've had to deal with my anxiety is like in college, it became easier to do certain things like go to Canada because I was constantly in, not in my comfort zone, if you will. Um, I mean, being in Eugene all that time was not always the most comfortable thing in the world, but so I was able to like live oh. out and do a lot of things. So because of that, like there's obviously a lot of people that because of the intense shit that you go through are able to cope with other things uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I think for that, I can only speak to myself. I think it's sort of like fall camp, maybe a little mitigated to a certain extent, but it's like every day is like a 10, not every day, I guess, but a lot, most days are to a 10. And it's like the things that matter, are like making sure you get enough water, making sure you eat enough, making sure like physically you can like put one foot in front of the other. So it's like everything else becomes so unimportant. And I think, too, that it, it really becomes not an option. Oh, you don't know how to swim. You're, you're uncomfortable being in the water? Too bad. Nobody cares. Oh, you're uncomfortable around the side of blood? Too bad. Nobody cares. Care, uh, matters. Oh, you don't like to run in the morning? You don't like to do push-ups, pull-ups, all that stuff? Too bad. Nobody cares. Like, that's expected. You know what I mean? Like, it's 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 like breathing air. You know what I mean? Oh, you're scared of loud noises and, like, shooting firearms? Too bad. Nobody cares. Oh, you're scared of messing with, you know, explosives or, you know, not that we really did that, but it's, it's that, it's that kind of mindset. You know, I think, you know, it, we'll just say for us, Eddie, like an example you use, you would sometimes have anxiety about going out. It, you know, just a pet, imagine a setting where that's just not even an option. Like you can have that anxiety, but there is no scenario whether you punch, kick me, Daniel, you're going out and you're going to go out until, blah 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 says you can go home you know what i mean and it's gonna be every day and you have no say in it you know and that's where like i think basic training at least is so elite in getting people out of their comfort zone i think daniel can attest <laughs> fall camp like football to yeah. a certain extent it's like if you don't want to be there i guess quit but if you want to be there at all it's like again uh, you know like high school it's like oh no gassers today let's go in college football, it's like conditions, not an option. It's it's literally, it's going to be done one way or another, you know, whether it's put, you know, oh, you don't want to do this specific drill. You don't want to catch punt return. Like it's not an option. It's, it's, oh, you can, you can, you can walk out the door, I guess. But as long as you're, I mean, that was an option that they gave us. So like, yeah, you, but you, I'm don't saying, be here, you don't have to be here. You, the door's over there. You can leave. Yeah. But if you're the average football player that wants to be there, we'll just say yeah. there's no, there's no, Hey, coach, I don't want to catch today. No. Yeah. Not until you're maybe like an all-American and you already do it, in which you wouldn't say that shit anyways. So. I would, 
I would say football definitely has a lot of similarities in some ways with the military, except for the like, I mean, there, I guess you do have an option. Military, something if you don't really have an option. I mean, technically, you do have the option. You're not going to like any more what happens to you if you say no. And you're not going to tell you have the option. So, I mean, dude, there's so many like, failed juco guys in my like basic training class it's like it it blows my mind the amount of football players that were it's so similar fall camp is just a milder version of basic training it's it's not it's really not different get treated better yeah (laughs) sort of not really you get a nap time you get nap time now you you can at least Barely, I didn't get that. Well, juke the juco life is different. I should. I mean, say. it was either like I guess you take a nap or you eat. <laughs> you need to yeah, eat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like that in basic training. It's kind of like that. What you if know? you nap while you eat, bro? You just like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I guess that is an option. I've definitely seen guys fall asleep standing up. So yeah, but anything is possible. I do want to. I do want to ask, so Daniel, what do you feel like as we talk about, like, I want to hear about the trip to Japan. How um, uncomfortable was it? Well, I mean, obviously talk about it. How uncomfortable was it at times? And then, like, do you feel better for having gone? Well, I guess before I even start there, I did want to touch a little bit on kind of what Bryce was visiting. Because I really don't know. Because, um, like, some people will see the way that the military – Jesus, I can't speak – um, military conducts things and be like, oh, okay, well, that's not exactly healthy or you're really like hammering things down, whether they like it or not. And some people is like, I mean, is that adding trauma to someone and whatnot and all that? And I definitely, between, I would say in all the sports that I did, um, coaching styles kind of varied between sports. Like I'd say for soccer, for sure, I got more of the like, maybe calmer chill coaching sometimes but i also had which i mean i don't know if it was just because my team was good or um that coaching style really works or whatnot but i mean we did okay and under that so i can't really say if that's like a bad way to go about things either but um there were definitely times where i guess you kind of do need that harsher thing um because there were certain situations that um i would see you kind of need the hammer down for um but at the same time, sometimes, like, I mean, shoot, you even look at, uh, um, what's the, why am I forgetting the name of the documentary series on Netflix about football? Oh, Last Chance You. Like, if you look at some of the football coaches in there, like, it's not uncommon for that level of harshness, I guess, in football. But at the same time, like, I, not all my coaches were like that either. But there definitely were some, and I feel like sometimes, yeah, it can be taken a little bit too far. Um, but at the same time, there are some cer- circumstances or situations that there's like that are those high stress situations that, in learning in that way, I feel like definitely helps because, um, kind of touching a little bit on my trip in Japan is especially when you're by yourself. Um, and the train stations there, they get crazy. So they're high stress, things are being thrown at you and you gotta be able to, in order to like survive and get around and do stuff, like you gotta be able to be in those high stress situations and like calmly figure things out um, and not just have like a mental breakdown essentially. But um, at the same time, there are situations where like, yes, it's a high stress situation and this, this and this, but calmly like going through and weighing out your options is also ideal. So I don't really know which, style is better than the other um i think definitely kind of having a nice blend of the two is helpful because like i said there, there are a lot of those high stressful situations in life that you're going to be thrown with and stuff is just going to keep keep being thrown your way whether you like it or not and it is really going back to the sink or swim thing um you're either going to do it or you're not yeah so. i you know i was gonna before you go eddie i was gonna say like I think you got to balance it because something I have seen when you do put people in that environment where every day they have no choice and it's that people break, people crack. And it's like, you want to get to that point where you are pushing them to the max, but you're not, you're not pushing them over the max. Cause then it's kind of all for nothing. Cause then now they're like almost worse than they were beforehand. But I think at the same time, like we we've all been in situations like, I mean, I know you have, Eddie, because we've worked the same fall camp where you see people crack and they quit. And you're just kind of like, 
to a certain extent, you're like, well, fuck that guy. He wasn't going to make it anyway. To a certain, no, to a certain extent, when you're in situations where you are depending on people, you need to know they can hit at least a certain level of proficiency or. Well, that's what I mean. Is like, yeah, you do need that level of like coaching or whatever yeah. at some yeah. point because you will survive the the trenches I mean, with me. Yeah. The, the thing is, not even looking at it from a military, so even in, in I mean, Sport. at certain points of your life, you're not always going to be able to run and quit from everything. Yeah. Like, there, there are certain points where you're uh, you're going to be faced with a decision that you're going to have to make whether you like it or not. And it's going to put probably put you outside of your comfort zone, again, whether you like it or not. And, um, I mean, you, I know there are definitely people out there that are run, I guess, kind of from problems or try to get away from discomfort and everything, but eventually, like, it catches up with you. Yeah, so. no, absolutely. I was going to say, definitely blend the styles. I think for me, something that I'm trying to discover is, and it's, it's explaining to my players, look, I'm going to, we're going to do this. Like, I know you guys hate running, but we're going to fucking do it because I can't have you, if we're in a game situation, I can't have my number two receiver going, coach, I can't. You know, like, oh, I can't go in in this critical situation because I'm gassed. Like, I can't yeah. have that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, in the, or my lineman going, coach, I like can't go even though it's third and nine and I need you to rush the quarterback right now. Like, I can't have that. Um, and that was a big thing that I talked to them about. It was like, look, we're going to do this because I need you guys to be able to go. I know you hate it. Trust me. I hated it too. But fuck, dude, I was like running 17, 18 gassers by the time I was done with freshman football in a row on top of practice and it's like the level i think to your guys point once you reach that point of like you look back and you're like holy shit like like i did that i was able to do that there is that balance of making sure and and this is where i think i want to find it is explaining that look this is what we need to do because this is what the evidence says this is what our experience says it leads to success we're gonna do it um, it's going to hurt. It's not going to be fun, but you're going to be able to do it. I think that's for like the, the extra psychotic people like David Goggins or even like our boy Jabum Red or like on that elite level, of, I'm just going to fucking do it. I'm going to keep going just because. Um, but I think even just following them to just even a small degree can get you and net you growth um, and being all that discomfort. Yeah. Yeah. I think what you're talking about, Eddie, as, as well as I'm interpreting is you're talking about a standard, you know, for like you and I think even Daniel can attest when you're playing collegiate football at any level let's just say you have to be at a certain fitness level to even be on the field whether it comes in strength and stamina and if you can't and we'll just say that number is 20 you got to be able to do 20 gassers to play the lowest level of collegiate football and you got to be able to do 40 gassers to play division one and be just even efficient like that's bottom low if you have kids coming in that are like oh 10 gassers i'm done boss it's like you can't even step on the field, dog. You know what I mean? And I think that's what, like, you're kind of talking about. And then you talk about, like, David Goggins and Joe Bumred. They understand that even to be a bottom-tier player at the Tier 1 level, they got to do 40 gasters. Then I think you get those people that are like, okay, if I want to be the absolute alpha dog, play every snap, which no one does, really. But, you know, in that sense, like, yeah, Max, you know, it's like, 80 will be my new standard, and if I'm going to push myself, I'm going to do 100. You know, obviously I'm getting way out of bounds, but I'm trying to explain a point. And it's the same thing with the military. It's like, oh, that's cute. Like, you can run, you know, oh, you you played football. It's cool. Like, you can run four miles without being tired. All right, let's throw on a 30-pound vest, 10-pound helmet, 5 pounds worth of boots, oh, 20 pounds worth of ammo. 10 pound rifle oh wait your buddy also got hit you got to carry him and his weight it's like can you still run that four miles you know what i mean hence why when you get there they're like all right we're gonna go on a 12 mile run with weight like don't worry about it you know that's and that's just the that's where we need you to be in case one of your buddies gets hit and they're carrying light gear you know we didn't even talk about them carrying an 80 pound ruck you know or you humping a machine gun and a thousand rounds you know so, I, you know what I mean? I think that's where, like, you kind of see that. No, and I was going to add, I think the interesting stuff comes in between that. How do I get you from 10 to 20? 
And then yeah. how do I get you from 20 to 25 and then 25 yeah. to 30? I think that's where a lot of the interesting part comes in. And that's where the, the discussion on, hey, we need to be uncomfortable and then we need to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. We got to keep think, climbing and keep climbing. Yeah. I think in terms of sports, it's like it's hard for some people because like for myself in soccer, like sometimes I didn't understand why we conditioned so much until it was like, oh, you have guys playing JV1 and varsity the entire time. And it's like you have to be in good shape to play proficiently or even playing varsity like you're you're playing at such a higher rate that your heart rate's going up and you got to be able to be able to sprint those extra four, you know, just call them like drives in soccer or football. You know what I mean? You know, and you're going to be tired. You got to be able to be comfortable being tired so you can focus better on what you're doing. And I think just getting people to understand that can be really hard until they've gone through it. And they're like, Oh my God, I'm way too tired. You know, in this game, I should have listened to my coach and been at, 20 gassers before the start of the season. Yeah. yeah. Which I know Daniel Daniel's not his head because he knows it better than any of us. Where do <laughs> you have to physically be to play college football and what it takes to be a guy that can play division one. Cause people just see guys on the field and they're like, Oh, like they do it, you know, but they don't understand that this guy is getting up at 4am. They're lifting, you know, for two hours, which is insane. People can't even go to the gym for 45 minutes most of the time, you know, let alone do it seven days a week, you know. Then that guy after is going on to the football field and he's doing like a thousand yards and sprinting, if not more, you know. And these aren't like, these are time sprints with low amounts of recovery. And then they're doing recovery and then they're learning the route tree and then they're going back out to run routes and exercise some more, you know, so. For sure. Absolutely. That's why I like, I mean, I'll, I'll come back to it too, but even like the concept of meditating to be able to get through a lot of this. Um, I mean, just the evidence has been like compiling on like, that's a good way to be able to cope with the stress that you experience and be able to manage yourself. Cause I think it's, it's kind of a fun, it's not a fun thing, but it's kind of fun to do. And this is why I wrote down in our notes, um, treating the world like a game where it's like, yeah. if you have too much, stimulus you got that you're reaching that too critical of stress levels right you're not gonna be able to perform we we dial it back just a tiny bit and we get into that zone of like i'm gonna get shit done but you dial it back too much and it's like you're not really getting anywhere with your life um and it's like figuring out what it is that you can do for yourself to get there is i think a lot of fun dude did you ever look at your like fall camp schedule and think to yourself like i i kind of have a good idea of who you are as a person you probably like ah i'm gonna make this my bitch but was there anything that you were like, man, this is going to be like a really good challenge for me? Like, I kind of that I don't know if I can make it, but if I do, like, I'll have reached a new level, per se. I mean, for me, I just love football so much that so I didn't, I didn't particularly care, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, that's fair. To me, I didn't look at it and be like, oh, okay, this sucks, or yada yada yada. Um, I think, I think the thing that I was always most nervous about, um was usually that I had the reputation reputation that I was really fast, which at the collegiate level, it's unlike high school where like I would say I was definitely up the fastest, if not the fastest there. College, everybody's fast. <laughs> and then you, especially when you come in having the reputation, reputation that you're supposed to be fast. And then when you get into the time sprints, um, having to, as especially as a skilled position player, um, having to at least for me i always felt like with everything that was always being said to me said about me i had to come in first so there was no like time for me um a lot of times i felt like that i could have like an off day especially in running that i could have an off day um otherwise like i felt like someone would be on my butt about it in some way so that was usually something that i was anxious about i guess the other thing with my size too was i try to take it personally a little bit because like my size like i what what i lack in size i have to make up in strength um so usually that was more so in the weight room that i would have to make it up there but even then like i guess kind of getting out of my discomfort zone it's not that i didn't like walking or stuff like that um it's just especially at my size when you tell Especially, there was one play in high school where they had me having, as a slot receiver, having to kick out the D end. And when you tell 
the slot receiver on my side to go kick out a DN, someone that's usually like twice my size. It's a little daunting. <laughs> yeah. Not going to lie. Yeah. Um, especially since it's, it's not pleasant. It's not fun. It's going to hurt. Um, but at the same time, like, especially at the collegiate level, you don't get the option of being like, you can't tell your coach like, Oh yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to block him. <laughs> Whatever. Like, no, that's not an option. So you kind of have to learn to be comfortable or get comfortable making those. Um, so, and that was one thing that I, I feel like always, like at least form blocking, I got comfortable with. It's just like once they, in college, in college you can chip block or like do the that one. Cause I also didn't want to hurt people too was another thing that was, and I know that was those, common with that. Yeah, I was going to say those can be kind of dangerous. Yeah. How so you I do it, but yeah. Like that. And then especially as an overthinker, it was a lot. But at the same time, like in the game, you don't get time to think at all um i guess the other thing between college and um, high school is the routes um sometimes you don't know your route until like mid play um because depending on coverage or whatever your route changes mid play um and getting comfortable with that and then i guess you're also expected to know at least as a receiver every what route every receiver is running to um because at least for us we ran no huddle um so you don't have the option of uh, always being the right position. So you have to know, like, yeah, I might have been the like Z receiver on this play, but now I'm X, and now I have to know that route. And then have to also know, like, if they're in a certain coverage, um, what they're going to have to change their route to. So that, that was what, at least for me, a lot of the challenges that I went through and having to be out of my comfort zone there. And that, those were the things that I definitely was always trying to work on that I wasn't good at. Um, but yeah, I, I guess that was how it was for sports. I guess with soccer kind of where I wasn't comfortable, um, was I started out playing midfield and then eventually got really comfortable playing center back in defense and I would mess people up at defense too. Um, but I don't know, my dad got this like weird idea that he wanted me to be a, a striker and whatnot. So I don't know, it became a lot of drama. Eventually I switched club teams where they had me as striker and there was a lot of times I, I know there was sometimes I definitely missed some goals that should have been easy goals because like, I don't know, kind of doubting myself and was like out of, again, out of my comfort zone there. But once I got it going, um, I, I became really comfortable up there. So I guess in sports, it really, I feel like it really helped me um, in terms of like later down the road through school and stuff being I guess more comfortable in my comfort zone and kind of, I mean, even then you're always learning stuff um, about, I, I guess, recognizing when you're in a comfortable situation. Um, I know it happened at Nike for me a couple of times where it's like, I started to get comfortable where I was at and like, I guess the growth that I wanted for myself kind of plateaued um, and recognizing like, okay, it's not going to be fun, but I definitely need to change something. Um, it's a lot easier said than done. And I know and it is pretty hard to recognize too. Um, I guess that's part of the reason why I ended up even taking a trip to Japan was recognizing like, okay, I've become like really comfortable in the situation that I'm at, but there needs to be some changes. And so I guess that's part of what it went into just kind of dropping everything <laughs> and yeah. then going by myself. So no, I mean, even giving a, giving a one month notice to <laughs> That. that was being nice and i can you I know, know, I know. a two-day notice yeah. eddie i'm curious for you man like once you got into fall camp a little bit and you kind of learned what the grind was about you know let's say even like three weeks in did you ever get that feeling of i don't know how i'm gonna make it to the pac-12 championship or i don't know how i'm gonna make it to week nine when you know you've got finals you've got life <laughs> in school and you know that the grind is there you know, it's yeah. funny, and I think this is where my struggle came in and is why I feel more confident in being able to do it better this time, is to Daniel's point of, oh, I want to be here for football, so there's no question I'm going to do it, was the same way I thought about it. I mean, don't get me wrong, the night before I had a report to fall Cambro, I was really up practically the whole night, um, unable to sleep, and I, I quite literally had a panic attack that lasted like 30, 40 minutes. But like, it was like, there's no question, I'm going to do it. Like, I'm going to be there. Uh, I mean, even I remember when they interviewed me, it's like, <laughs> it 
I just, anyway, I'm not, I won't mention the names, but they asked me like, what are you going to do when you're in October and it's a fucking slumps and it's, it's cold <laughs> as shit every day and it's raining every day because it's Eugene. What are you going to be thinking then? I'd be like, I don't know. I, I'm going to fucking wake up and go do it. Like, there's no other question. There's nothing else. Um, I think my falling point was doing it for so long without ever like framing my shit and then like being able to relax and like being able to really just like decompress because I eventually burned myself out going at a hundred all the time, um, which I think is definitely a skill too. But yeah, I mean, I think going into that, I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to do it. And I think to Daniel's point about the, I'm on, I'm getting too comfortable. I think something that I was concerned about entering my second year um, coaching at Dublin High was like, oh, I'm getting comfortable here. I want to, I want to get my college job, right? I applied to a bunch of places, didn't get much. And my coach was like, yo, like, do you want to be DC? And I'm like, yes, this is how I get myself uncomfortable. Like, this is how I like get all fucking, I don't, you know, I definitely watched the most film I did in a minute this last season, spent many days and moments where I was playing Call of Duty with people and just thinking the whole time, well, if I sub this kid in, do I have this kid available in the midst of me doing all that? Um, and I think it was a great way of getting on experiencing discomfort in a place that was normally very comfortable for me and continuing to grow. Yeah. Um, I think another thing too, about kind of getting out of your, I guess a, a mindset that's good to have um, when you are getting uncomfortable or being in a lot of discomfort with situations is understanding that a lot of times what you're doing is better for you in the long run. Um, because like, I, I guess kind of going back to my most recent trip, um, I was really, really anxious about everything that was kind of going down. Um, and it was, it was scary. Um, but definitely what helped me through it is, yeah, I mean, you still have the doubt, in your mind there but at, at the end of the day you need to keep telling yourself like it, it's for the better um and i didn't really really like i kept telling myself that um but at the same time i was super super anxious so you kind of doubt yourself a little bit there but i know once like everything started happening and then especially once i got to hawaii and i got to um J actually japan later that's when i knew i was like yeah i like I, I knew it was going to be scary. There's It's not going to go smoothly. And I mean, certain parts it really didn't, but at the same time, like in the moment, once you're actually going through it, that's where I recognize, you know, like it is scary right now, but I did make the right decision. Uh, yeah. And everything. Yeah. I think like looking back at like when I was in like basic training, like I was absolutely terrified the second I got off the bus and like time was so distorted. And then it was like one moment you know, I was getting screened at and shit was getting thrown everywhere and other terrifying things were happening around me. And it was like, all right, go to bed. And it's like, holy cow, I made it to midnight. Like, what? And then next thing you know, it's like 4 a.m. And it's like, oh, it's the next day. And then next thing you know, it's been like a week. And then, you know, like a common thing they say when you're like going through it is like, don't count the days, count the meals. If you can make it a breakfast, you can make it a lunch because they have to give you those three and if you can make it, yeah, uh, off camera, I'll explain that a little bit. Um, but if you can make it to lunch, you can make it to dinner. And if you can make it to dinner, you can make it to bedtime. If you get to bedtime, of course, you know, other things happen. If you can make it to that, you can make it to breakfast, you know. And I think when you're doing something really hard, breaking it down that way. Yeah, you know, I think of Jabum Red is a perfect example um, for bringing him up. You know, that was somebody that was not a good runner. and wanted to break out of his natural comfort zone of lifting and doing stuff like that and become a good runner. So he started really small, you know, about a mile until he got that down. And then he was at a mile and a half and he was at two miles. And the next thing you know, he's running a marathon, you know, I think there's definitely um something to be said about taking those like small action, like reasonable, go making reasonable goals whenever you're doing, when you are stepping out of your comfort zone, I don't recommend doing a, like any Japanese and then going to a remote village in Japan and trying to just figure it out. I'm sure it would work out, but may, maybe Man. take like a small course and, and like, I don't know, go with some friends like you did, Daniel. I think even you took somewhat steps without even noticing it. You know, you're fluent enough. You went with a group, you know, the first time to learn the ropes. You had people that 
if need be, you could rely on, you know? Yeah, I mean, it kind of a little bit of a safety. I mean, it was still kind of by Look, myself, but a little bit of a safety. Fine, yes, but I'm saying um, past trips. But you didn't just go. I know no, nobody no. in Japan. Yeah, you know I mean, like, yeah, um, yeah. No, I don't know. Traveling by yourself is definitely, definitely, really challenging. Um, I guess to preface, I, the first time I went was on a, on an internship for three and a half months, and there, like, yeah, you have the pro. Like it's by yourself, like everything outside of where you live is pretty much by yourself. So I guess you have that little bit of a safety net, which make, does make you feel a little bit better. Um, and then I guess the second time I went was with my sister. So that wasn't really by myself. It, um, and then this time was uh, no training wheels, no nothing, all, all by yourself. And I mean, it does it's, help knowing the language a little bit. So, I mean, if you are traveling, but you can't always do that. I know I was really out of my comfort zone when I went to Germany, even though I did go with friends, it was, um, at least if it was in Asia, two of the countries I do, or maybe, I guess there's more countries that speak Chinese than just the, the main one, but at least Chinese and Japanese, like that I'm like, okay, at least if it's with within that realm, like I can figure it out or kind of know, at least based on the culture, like certain things, but Europe and the culture there is a lot, different than what i'm used to so that one was really really far out of my comfort zone yeah. um even though i was with friends i was gonna say i'd feel the opposite of you in uh, Europe, yeah. i feel kind of com- like oh yeah to be fair though i only really feel comfortable in spain mm-hmm. amsterdam the vibes or netherlands the vibes in netherlands i think i feel comfortable with but like it's just so different but yeah if you were to put me in asia i'd be like damn bro like no i started so up in germany that, that i was <laughs> i was like all right <laughs> Um, that's we're having travel issues. That's that's you. Um, yeah. Because like, I did try to learn some German and try to do stuff and still enough to survive. But there were there was some certain points where I'm just like, I, yeah, I I can't. Yeah. But I was gonna say it's funny that you guys mentioned the stuff you did in the last ten fifteen minutes because looking at positive psychology. Uh, the four tips for leaving your comfort zone, reframing stress, which Daniel, you mentioned about, Hey, like, I know this is going to help me in the end. Like, I know it's going to be good for me. The additional part is, um, because our responses between anxiety and excitement are actually very similar. As long as we reframe them as like Daniel said, like, Hey, I know I'm going to feel this way, but like, it's for a good reason. And then even Daniel adding you to like, when you're like, well, I know there's going to be bumps along the journey, but it's going to be all right. Like shit's going to happen. It's whatever. That's, that's number two on there, understanding neuroplasticity, which is that we can grow and failure is a part of that and bullshit's a part of that, if you will. And then like the small steps, Bryce, like you're saying, like, don't just learn a little bit of Japanese and throw yourself in a remote village. <laughs> you got to do it a little bit at a time. Like, like we talked about with Jared and then the prioritizing didn't make sense initially. Then I thought about it. It's like, uh, the point is to identify bottlenecks, areas of life where being too comfortable does more harm than good. Which Daniel, you talked about with your job. Like, I like, I'm getting way too comfortable here. I need to move on. This isn't what I want for myself. I gotta keep going. So, yeah. I was just um, gonna say, oh, go ahead. Uh, I, I just had a quick note. Um, kind of revisiting, um, kind of knowing when something is not gonna be smooth and going on. Um, that actually happened with my second trip that I took with my sister, um, to Japan because. Um, right off the plane, we had somewhere to be within, like, I think to make it on time an hour and 30 or no, it wasn't, it was two hours. It took an hour and 30 from the train to get to the place. So it's like, okay, if everything goes perfectly, then it's like, we're there right on time. But I know when I was talking with some people there, I was super, super anxious and stressing about it. Um, and I was like, well, all this has to go perfectly. Nothing, none of it did. It all went um, not perfectly, but um, even with all that happening and being like a very, very stressful situation, um, we did make it literally right on time. Um, And it's just, I guess, using that as an example for like further situations that you would be in an uncomfortable situation is like um, just knowing that things are going to go wrong. um, But at the same time, if you keep keep with it and everything, um, it'll all turn out usually pretty pretty well i mean especially if you're doing something to grow 
Um, it might not show at first and it might look like things are just going a completely wrong direction and might be all messed up, but um, kind of like, I guess with that train situation and getting from place to place, um, there, there's going to be hiccups and at certain points you definitely end up in the wrong direction. Um, but as long as you know your destination and what you want to do and what you want to grow with, you'll be fine. Yeah. And I was just going to, to the bottleneck that you mentioned, Eddie, I was just going to reference back to, you know, why they have you running like 12 miles in the military or more, because you can't get comfortable with being good at running four miles because at some point you're going to need to be able to carry weight for four miles at a pace, you know, or even in equipment. Like I got me and a guy gotten into it because he used the gator to move all the equipment. And I was like, dude, one of these days the gator's going to be broken and you're not going to know how to move any of this. And you're not even wanting to learn how to move this equipment without it. You know, and that was something that was like always crucial to me when I was, you know, in my leadership position was like, look, we're going to use the gator as much as we can, but unfortunately it's probably going to break at some point. We have to know how as a team to move all this shit without it, you know? So. Right. Did you stay by your, where were you staying, Daniel, in Japan? Oh, by myself. I got a Airbnb or rented out like an Airbnb, like apartment thing for uh, um, an entire month. Yeah, so, more specifically, like downtown Tokyo or like. Mm, if you know where, I mean. Shibuya so one thing that I learned from my first trip um, is for people in Japan, Tokyo is a very specific area in in Tokyo, like for us, I feel like we just kind of blanket Tokyo into like a whole whole area. Um, but in the Tokyo region, I guess to a Japanese person, you have to be more specific. Because when I told them I was living in Tokyo, they're like, "And but like where? Like what, what are you specifically saying?" And then for them, I guess that first time it was in Shinagawa, and they're like, "Oh, so you're staying in Shinagawa, not Tokyo?" I'm like, "What do you mean? It's in the still in the greater Tokyo area." And they're like, yeah, but so um, I guess. Yes, I was in Tokyo, but specifically it was kind of, I guess my address was in Shinjuku, but um, it was more like in between Shinjuku and Nakano, if you know where that is. So kind of kind of in, in between there, um, which I absolutely love the place. It was super, super convenient. Um, I had a plethora of 7-Elevens to choose from. <laughs> Um, and other convenies or convenience stores. Um, yeah, for those who don't know, we'll be doing a Daniel uh, Japan episode more specifically on his trip later on. Just not going to do that right now. I was going to ask you, so is it kind of like the equivalent of like New York with the five boroughs in a sense? Like, yes, you have Manhattan, but even within what is considered the greater New York area, you have Staten Island, Queens, Brooklyn. You know, yeah, I mean, I guess you could compare it a little to bit. To a like, sense, to at least yeah. help our American I wasn't going to say Los Angeles, bro. Everyone I would always say says Los like, Angeles, oh, but there's like 50 million different oh, counties in LA. Yeah. Like towns Justin in LA. got mad at me because I told like, LA, but he was like, no, you're in Orange County. Totally yeah, different. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, um, even with Portland, like a lot of people say that they're from Portland, but you know, oh, yeah. they might be yeah, in like, Beaverton. Like Oswego, yeah. Wellington, yeah. Yeah. So like when you're talking to someone local from the area, they're like, Oh, so you're not from Portland? Are you from Lake Oswego, or whatnot? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I guess it's kind of like that. Yeah. So, yeah. But no, I mean, I think when you're just talking about getting, you know, getting out of your discomfort zone or getting out of your comfort zone, it 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 comes down to more of challenging yourself. That's how I I think. Like if I was to like sum it up, and I think, you know, we've all you know as friend groups and friends have showcased that we put ourselves whether intentionally in life or unintentionally put ourselves in areas where we're challenged. But I think, I think too, you meet people. I know I have at the university of Oregon that it's like, they never put themselves to be challenged. They always take the easiest classes. They, you know, don't challenge themselves. Even at the gym, they don't, they don't do anything extracurriculars, you know, they don't do anything, you know, it's just, just no challenges. Not to say that maybe they didn't have something in their personal life that was challenging, that that was them in their discomfort zone. But it's like, I think all of us, when you look at our friend group, you know, me and Eddie worked for the football team. That was challenging. Daniel played, you know, high-end football. And if it wasn't that, you were probably the best in the weight room amongst the bums, physically speaking. 
you know, not to mention, you know, the fact that you know multiple languages, you know, so, oh, go ahead. I will say one thing, going to talking about challenging yourself, this trip and then just quitting, quitting my job in general, that I will say thus far that has been the hardest decision I've ever had to make in my life at this point um, was getting to that point. So definitely, definitely won't be easy. How are you feeling about it now? Oh, best, best thing I ever did in my life. Um, yeah. I hate that I had to come back, but I know now I have a clear game plan of everything that I want to do. Um, and I would say we're still like step one, I guess, was quitting and then taking that trip, that much needed trip. Um, so step one is done. Step two now is getting through the next thing that I have planned, which is already looking good. It's off to a good start. So just getting through that um, and kind of busting that out. And then step three is just taking taking and running from there. Um, I definitely don't want to lose the momentum that I gained um, in Japan with everything. I definitely have like a task for myself per like day or like things that I want to achieve. And again, kind of not losing the momentum that I gained um, because I guess the, the reason why it was the best decision that I feel like I've ever made was because now I have like a clear set goal of like, okay, I absolutely know what I want to do with my life. I know what I want to do um, moving forward. Um, like I, before, like, I guess I always had like, yeah, I want to be successful in this and this. And, and like, I had like kind of like hazy images of different routes that I could take, but now I have like that, an actual like thing that I can be like, yes, that like, it's almost like, for example, someday I want a, a GTR. It's now like I have like a, picture like a clear 4k picture whatever of like okay yep i want that now let's see how how about getting the the money to get there so yeah it's i like think that. what you said and how i think of it i think it, what hard challenges do is give you elite perspective you know yeah. i think like thinking of like any situation after we went through fall camp and that entire season with the ducks i i i have a hard time believing that there's been any challenges through his two high school year seasons that he didn't feel like he couldn't overcome or at least reference back to a time was that was really hard and use that to be like, I know I can push past this. You know, I did that with equipment like all the time. You know, it was like, oh, like school's hard. Yeah, I mean, academically for me, but it's like, I know I can do this. I do more challenging stuff, you know, from 4 a.m. to 8 a.m. than, you know, most what are you talking about, like, right now? Well, yeah, I mean, like, I, I know, like, time-wise, like, I could always, I would always have enough time, because, like... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. or, like, when I got a really challenging assignment, and there was a whole bunch of steps to it, it was like, okay, I know how to break down these tough things. It's not that, it's just, you know, I, you kind of learn, when you do something very tough, I think it gives you perspective, which can show you goals and stuff like that, but it can also make things that, maybe had you not gone through that challenge that looked difficult, not look so bad. Like, I think it gives you the pathway to success in a sense. I know my, what my coaches love to preach during football is, uh, love being comfortable, being uncomfortable, essentially. Yeah. And I was, I was like, yeah, they, oh my God, I, I have it even, I have it stuck in my head to this day. Um, that also with, um, never being satisfied with anything um always being unsatisfied with everything and making sure you're always striving to make improvements to everything because there's always something that you can improve upon yeah. so it's true it's true all right gentlemen i think this is uh to wrap it up i feel like they're oh that's what i was okay so I, the reason bryce i was confused about that is because i was looking at our goals from last year and i'm like damn bro like Low-key, Daniel definitely came out on top as far as those goals are concerned. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because oh, uh, yeah. I – my three goals was, like, meditating 20 minutes a day. I'm like, I don't – I do it so inconsistently right now. Uh, next step in coaching, I did reach D.C. level, and I'm now – I already submitted an application for um, one college already and looking for more, be reaching out to more people. Uh, I think the exercise routine definitely did not – come out the way I wanted it to. I was playing a lot of basketball and exercising in like the spring and early summer. And then that just fell off. Um, Bryce, I saw that you finished college. So you were on track for that, my guy. 
I yeah. big. Uh, if your mental health is in a better state now, I, I mean, that's something that you got to say one way. <laughs> and then the, the last one was a workout routine. Uh, outside of BJJ. Yeah, that one too, definitely going sideways. But I mean, I just, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm hoping that with a move, maybe I'll maybe be able to, yeah, find yeah. a better routine, just a better situation overall for some of those things. Yeah. Yeah. Which for Daniel, it was, you know, find out the next steps to be able to live in Japan and things like that. And you've already made, well made your way on there. Um, so well done, sir. Everybody clap it up for Daniel. The clap winner. It up, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Yeah, we'll have to give him a crown or some sort of award. That he definitely uh, kicked our ass in 2023. At least the smallest bum of the year award, basically, or the yeah, least bummy. You know what's crazy is all that didn't really happen until like enough crappy events throughout the year just piled up. Guys like Tommy DeVito just coming out of nowhere and getting the three wins just like that, you know. So, shout out to Tommy DeVito. That's why we'll be referring to Daniel. Hey, he said it's the fourth quarter, two minutes of play. Say less. <laughs> <laughs> we gave him too much time, Eddie. We gave him too much time. <laughs> exactly. All right, gentlemen. Um, thank you. Uh, yeah, so this is a great episode. Um, always look to push yourself outside your comfort zone. Seriously, no matter how hard it is, find little ways to do it. There's more ways than one. It could be even just like change the way you go to work in the morning is already a way of pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. Something that's like a really cool book about like make your bed in the morning. Cause like, that's a great way to start the day. Similar concept. Um, but anyways, thank you so much for listening in. I really appreciate it. It's a great time talking about a pretty personal topic, honestly. Um, and this will be the start of a few more episodes. We're getting a few more guests here and there, try to line things up. I know it's the holidays. So you may see a little bit less of us for a bit, but we'll be back come January. Um, thank you so much as always follow us on Instagram at the bums, T-H-E-B-U underscore mess. Check out our website, shruggingbums.com. Uh, leave a like. Whenever we post this episode, uh, hit the follow button. Tell your friends. Tell your family. All right. Come at us in the DMs or just message us. Say, you know, damn, Bryce looks like an M&M. Or, man, I'm so glad Daniel's back and he's got a big-ass forehead. <laughs> or Eddie's hair looks really weird right now. You know, like whatever you guys want. Just hit us up. Um, and whatever other topics you want to hear, let us know. We'll get it done. All right. Deuces.